So here we are, first Sunday of Advent, and uh, I wonder what Advent means for you. Andrew reminds us before the word means kind of arrival, it means coming, it's, it's, it's about expectation, it's about hope, it's about all those things, isn't it? And today we start a sermon series uh, all around Advent and picking up some of the themes of Advent. And uh, you'll hear different themes, different ideas that we'll talk about over these next weeks. And today we're thinking about hope. Advent is a strange time for us, isn't it? Because it used to be uh, that Advent was a major season in the church calendar. But as Christmas became more commercialised, Advent got lost and it all became about Christmas. It used to be, uh, back in the, the good old days, whatever that was, uh, that people wouldn't even sing Christmas carols until Christmas Eve. Uh, now you'll hear them at all sorts of times during December. Uh, Advent is all about Christmas now. But Advent is more than that. Advent is really about what God is like and about his action in the world and about what God can do for us in the darkest of times. So when, when uh, the church started to work on a, a calendar that helped people to think about, uh, about God and uh, the things that he's done for us, uh, this dark time of December, as the nights drew in, as things got colder, everything seemed bleaker. And we even have that carol, don't we, in the bleak midwinter. And of course, you know, 1,500 years ago or more, uh, there was no electricity, uh, there was no gas, you couldn't heat a, a room, uh, there was no harvest at that time, it was dark because you couldn't put lights on unless you had candles, it was cold, it was dark, and people struggled to survive during this time. Winter was a dismal season. And so Advent in the church became this expectation of hope, a sense of waiting for what God might do. And Christmas, almost right in the, the centre of, of winter, took on one of the uh, ancient pagan uh, rituals and they made it Christ-like. They focused it on Jesus. Because in the depths of darkness, Jesus comes as a light in the world. And, and that's the kind of the, the flow of the church year. And it's important for us to, to hold on to some of that. Because it feels like a really dark season right now, doesn't it? As we get to the end of this uh, lockdown part two, with the hope of maybe being able to ex experience some level of freedom again, uh, there's also the threat of lockdown part three post-Christmas, depending on how we all handle Christmas. Uh, it's not a good time. And we wait. And waiting is hard. We don't like waiting anymore, do we? We don't like waiting for anything. You know, if you get stuck at some traffic lights and they seem to take an inordinate amount of time to, to go to green, do you get a bit twitchy? If you get in a long queue and you see all the other queues moving quicker than you, do you get a little bit twitchy and a bit anxious? My wife is laughing at the side because I'm describing her. It's even got to that point now where at Christmas, children don't even wait until Christmas Day to start opening presents. A lot of families have taken our habits of giving at least maybe one present on Christmas Eve. The idea of waiting has become difficult for us. And yet, waiting is a vital aspect of the Christian faith. 
And we see that in our reading today. Let me just give you a little bit of context. The, uh, the people of Israel had been taken into exile to Babylon uh, because of the lack of faithfulness to God, because of their sinfulness. Uh, but some years on now, they, some of them, a remnant, have been uh, gone back to Jerusalem. And the, it's, the city's in desolation. The temple has been torn down. All the, the wealth and the prosperity and the influence that Israel once had is no longer there. And so they start to cry out to God for restoration. They long to see Israel built up again to be the people that they once were. And so we have this cry in Isaiah and it, it's a prayer of lament. It's a prayer of pleading with God for restoration. And so it starts off with incredibly powerful verses. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes, causes water to boil. Come down and make your name known to your enemies. Cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled. See, here... Uh, Isaiah is remembering all that God once did. And he's saying, do it again, Lord, do it again. Come and intervene in this world and restore your people's fortunes. And we all have a sense of that, don't we, at some point? And perhaps even more so in this season that we're in, this kind of COVID-19 season. We have a sense of, Lord, there's more to life than this. There's more to what we can see you already doing. You can do more. Lord, would you come down and intervene? I don't know about you, but it doesn't need COVID-19 for me to feel like that. I just look at what's going on around the world and I see how people are behaving and how people treat other people. And I think, Lord, how much longer? See, Isaiah, he was looking for that day when the Messiah would come. And we've, we know he has been. He has, Jesus came and lived amongst us. He lived in the dirt that we lived in. He lived amongst the sinfulness of our people. And then he died for us. We saw God act in an incredible way when Jesus came, lived and died amongst us and then rose again. And we live in the reality of that but also in the hope and expectation of Jesus coming again. When he'll put all this sin that we see around us to bed once and for all. When his victory will be finally finished. We look forward to that. We wait in expectation for Jesus to come back. When we see the world restored to how it should be. Because when, when we talk about heaven and all that kind of stuff, you know, the, the Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth. And this whole world will be restored to how God intended it to be. And we look forward to that. We wait with expectation. And it's important that we hold on to that expectation. That our faith isn't simply about what God is doing for us now and in these next few years. It's about that, but it's more than that. It's about looking forward to that great and glorious day 
when Jesus will come back, when all people will be judged, where we'll all stand before him. And at his name, every single knee will bow. Do you have that as part of your faith, that sense of expectation and hope? A hope for a new heaven and a new earth. When God will restore all things and we will see him in his glory. That's our hope. But in the present, we also live in a sense of hope that God will intervene in smaller ways in the things of this world and the things of our lives. And sometimes it's really hard, that, isn't it? Because there are certain things that we all want God to act in in our lives, the things that we struggle with, the things that we find hard, the things that we see around us in this world that just seem unfair and unjust. We want God to act. And we wait in expectation for that. And we should never lose hope. Our hope should not simply be that at the end of all time, everything will be restored. Our hope should also be that God will act now, that he would rend the heavens and come down and act now. It's a wonderful passage, this, because in this plea, this prayer of lament over the state of Israel at that point, we see an incredible hope. Because Isaiah says, there is no God like you. There's no one who's done what you've done. And we as Christians can say that because there is no God that has taken on human form and lived amongst us like God has in Jesus. There is no God who claims he will come back again and restore all things to the glory that he created. We, are, we have a God who's like no other God. And so we can wait with real expectation. But then Isaiah gives us another reason. He says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. And we as Christians put our trust in our loving Heavenly Father. A Father who has promised he'll never leave us or desert us. A promise that he has fulfilled in our lives through the Holy Spirit. And so we look forward to what God will do now in our midst. We are not simply a waiting room for heaven. We are looking forward to all that God will do in our lives, in our church, in our town, in our nation. We need to wait in hope for that. He is a loving Heavenly Father and we can trust in his love. He will not leave us alone. He will not leave us in desperation. He will restore his name. I wonder what it is you hope for right now. Maybe it's just a hope that for the end of all this pandemic stuff, that we can get back to some kind of normality. And we're all hoping for that, aren't we? Maybe you've got very personal hopes about something in your family or something in your life. Let me share something that I'm hoping for. See, when I look around, even pre-pandemic, okay, forget the virus for a moment, I despaired at how people neglected God. How people walked through their life not knowing his love. 
I had to spur the, the church and people who attended church without seemingly any knowledge or experience of God's incredible love for them. And they lived their lives no differently than anyone else. I despaired at the lack of faith in our nation. I despaired at the lack of hope in our world. And I'm sure you share some of that too. See, my hope right now is that this whole pandemic thing will start to reshape people's minds and enable them to start to search for God. My hope is for a restoration of faith in this nation. That's my hope right now. And we see signs of that. We see signs of some kind of stirring in the world as people, even like just right now, you know, Christmas has come really early, hasn't it? We all acknowledge that. As we try and hold on to something that is bright and cheerful in this dull time. Maybe that says something about the searching of people's hearts for more than what they can see and hear and touch around them. A longing within them for eternity. A longing for the God of eternity. A longing for a sense of hope in this world in which there seems to be so little hope. So my hope right now is that we start to see a turning in this nation, to see a restoration of faith. But hope is not simply wishful thinking. It's not just kind of a, a vain kind of, oh, wouldn't it be nice if? It's more than that. See, but our hope in Christ returning shapes our lives, at least it should do. It should mean that we are living our life in the reality that one day God will return, and maybe it's even today. So how should I live my life? See, that's how hope is worked out. You shape your life around your hope. Because hope is more than just wishful thinking. And if our hope is to see a restoration of faith in our nation, how should that change our lives? See, that's my challenge for us all today. If we have a hope that God will act, what difference does that make to your life? How is it going to shape how you pray? How is it going to shape how you witness? How is it going to shape how you serve those around you and serve this town or this nation? How is it going to shape your future choices? See, hope should do that to us. It should change the direction of our lives. It may even change the direction of church. So let me pray now. Now I want to pray that you may have a restoration of hope. A belief that God will act, that he will rend the heavens and come down. That he will restore faith. And at the moment I'm just thinking of sample because that's our assignment at Christchurch. But we want to see it in this nation across the world, don't we? We want to see a restoration of faith in Christ. So let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for my friends who are watching this. I pray, Lord, that no matter what situation they find themselves in, no matter how hopeless it feels, I pray, Lord, that you'd restore faith. Faith in you. 
There is no God like you, Lord, a God who acts in our lives, a God who acts in our generation, a God who has acted in every generation. Lord, would you restore hope in those who find it hard to hope right now, whose circumstances feel like they are crushing them. Strengthen them, I pray, Lord. Lift their eyes to see who you truly are. That in you, we can have hope. A hope that you will act and intervene in our lives and in this world. We're going to worship that. So let me encourage you, as the song plays, use this time to just come before God to pray before him, to lift up to him those areas of your lives where you feel hopeless. And to lift up to him those areas of your life where you do feel hope, where you feel a sense of purpose and certainty that God will act. Lift those things up to him now.